So if a bunch of military dudes can listen to me talk about my period, I think our clients can handle it. <laughs> People are like, oh my God, shut this shit off. Okay. We're talking no, about our vaginas. I, I, think, <laughs> I think I'm going to do my best to not get canceled. Uh, by Just don't say anything oh rapey God. and you're fine. Some sh- I'm, yeah, I'm going to be rapey. like, rapey. <laughs> you know exactly what, what those rapey vibes are. I mean, uh, don't start the podcast saying you're so happy that Cosby's free. Oh, oh, I Jesus. died when you posted that. <laughs> I saw some some girl posted it and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Because the memes that are coming out have been really great. Uh, but yeah, that's fucked up, man. Like it, mm. I don't know. I don't know anyone on the planet that's like, okay, yeah, this, this is good for him. You know what I mean? Like collectively, mm-hmm. everyone is pretty disgusted about it. So uh, yeah, I, I promise I won't start with that. <laughs> I promise. Welcome all our listeners and Bill Cosby. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Health Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Ro and I'm here with my two lovely co-hosts, I almost said guest. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nicole and Brooke. <laughs> we like, here. Hey. It's been a while since I've led one, huh? I'm just like, how do I do this again? Jeez. I was like, I'm used uh, to being the lead. <laughs> no, I'm like. <laughs> the main character. I just, you know, I have to be the strong male presence on this uh, very uh, female podcast we're about to have. But uh, I had a billion questions before we even started. So it's going to be good for um, everyone because <laughs> women are all around us and we should probably know more about them. So um, right off the bat, before we start, <laughs> Hail State Go Dogs. That's, what, yeah. that's how I'll start off. Hail State Go Dogs. <laughs> Woo! If I had my cowbell in there, man, I'd ring it. Um, I know. I have mine. You want me to ring oh. it? Yeah. Yes. Please. Do Mine's it. Mine's like Do in, the, in the living room. So. <laughs> clang a clanga. <laughs> Everyone like with earphones are going to be like, oh, fuck. They, they blew it out. <laughs> uh, now, way to, way to go, State. You finally won one. And it was it was cool. It was cool to watch. Um, you know, it was. we won't be able to poke fun For anymore. no one that cares. <laughs> We're talking about for we're talking about baseball. Yeah, yeah. Mississippi State just won the national title, the and we've series. been to yes. national titles multiple times, but we can never oh, seem to come with so the win. So we finally man. did it. It was good. Yeah, I mean, like women's baseball or baseball, <laughs> women's basketball, basketball, like went three years <laughs> in a row, never mm-hmm. won. And no, just you know, I'm not trying to shit talk those athletes. It's just everyone. In the history of Mississippi State always got <laughs> super close, uh, but never got it. So um, very happy for for them and all the people in Mississippi that I know, even though I <laughs> shit on that state too much. So, um, yeah, let's we just give Mississippi the constructive criticism. <laughs> yeah, that's what, we're doing. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it is. And I was like, and I uh, I almost can guarantee none of them listen to this podcast, but we miss you and we hope we hope you do. Uh, but uh, what are we drinking right now? It's kind of it's hot, but mm-hmm. I got a, I got an actual beer this time. Nice, nice. What is it? So oh. I actually, oh, I'm I'm gonna I'll just talk about mine first, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, Ro. No, it's all good. Um, Please do. I am trying something new. Not sure how I feel about it. I got canned rose bubbles mm. from Underwood. 
It's 11% alcohol in this can. This is probably three glasses of wine. I'm about to be lit by (laughs) this thing. Lit with a capital T. Oh, my God. But I wanted something kind of like girly with the theme of the podcast. So I was like, ooh, sparkling rosé. And then I was like, I'm going to get drunk. (laughs) (laughs) White girl wasted. Wow. 11%. It tastes good. It's like strong, but it's got like grapefruit, strawberry, watermelon notes. I'm into it. That sounds super refreshing, too. Mm -hmm. So I... uh... I might have to to look for something like that around here. What about you, Nicole? I am trying something very new as well. It is a non-alcoholic brew, and it's called Wellbeing, which I thought was very on brand. Um, but it's an IPA, so <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> to try it. Let me see. Wait, it's a non-alcoholic IPA? Mm-hmm. Mm, it's actually very tasty. Okay, because my does first question like is like, yeah, it tastes yeah, like beer. Yeah, does it tastes it? like an IPA. It does say it, or it's less than 0.5% alcohol. <laughs> okay. It's and like, it's award-winning like craft brews with the alcohol gently removed. There you go. If you are uh, sober curious <laughs> or if you're sober, alcohol. here's your beer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if you're on your way home from an AA meeting, here's a drink for you. Oh, that's not good. Well, last episode of the pod, it's been real. We just got canceled. Sweet. I ju- oh. There's plenty of people who don't drink alcohol for personal reasons. No, I know, but that's fair. Yeah, well, yeah. That's I don't drink alcohol about. a lot. For sure. Someone who yeah. listens to the podcast is probably like, you're a liar, but like, I really don't. Most of the time, I'm drinking with you yeah, all, and that's so it. True. I don't yeah, really yeah. drink in my normal that's life. That's fair. When I, I realize that when I, because it's been so hot, when I cook, I'll be like, oh, I'll crack like a cider open or like a light beer, but nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, well, I have uh, a milk stout um, and I'm not, I'm not one for like dark or um, milky type beers, but on the can, it's got this, this girl with uh, glasses on. So I automatically picked it up, uh, but she's got like a, a white milk mustache. And I was like, oh, uh I got to get this one for our lovely female inspired podcast. Um, But also it's by Tractor Brewing and their URL is www.getplowed.com. So I'm all for that. Wow. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. It tastes kind of like a, like a coffee Mm. almost. Mm. I don't, I don't see the alcohol percentage. So hopefully it's 11% like Brooke. So. (laughs) I'll just be sad. Mm. Mm. All right. And the the can is super, super sweating because it's hot as balls in my room. So it's going to be cool. We need to start a a GoFundMe for you to get (laughs) an AC unit. (laughs) It just like shows up Uh, at his front door. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I finally made it. Someone heard the podcast (laughs) and gave this to me. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, one day. Hopefully by episode 100, if we make it that far, I'm like, anyway, I'm going to come. Wow. Way to believe in us. Uh, I believe, (laughs) you know, I just, I meant the world ending or stuff, you know? Well, that's, uh, that's what? 70 more weeks. It's uh, like a year. Are you the person that's like already bought your casket? (laughs) No, God. (laughs) All the time, Uh, Rose. Hopefully I'll be dead by then. We made it in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. I think I said that in a text in a text uh, a couple of days mm-hmm. ago. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, before we get before we get moving into the podcast, um, 
We do have a question of the week. Uh, this one came from a client that I think uh, I think Brooke also works with. Do you do you work with Dave? I don't remember. I do. If you still work with Dave? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Dave and I've been working together for uh, a really long time. He's uh, just a jacked fireman at this point. Uh, but he said, "Will running really affect my gains?" Uh, so backstory. Normally we do bike work just because it's um, it's less impact. It helps to save his his knees and hips, and uh, it's easier to kind of track with watts and whatnot. And this man freaked out because he had to run once um, because his his bike wasn't wasn't working or something. I don't remember, but he did ask, you know, will running actually affect my gains? And uh, if you have not listened to our episode on um, uh, using weights as cardio. I don't remember what episode that was. Probably was like early, like late, late teens, early teens, or maybe in the twenties. We've been doing this for so long. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, definitely go listen to, to that. I kind of cover that, but, um, will running affect your gains at all? No, there's, there's a couple ways for you to be more, more efficient. Uh, so if your main goal is like strength, hypertrophy, power, um, really just any, anything that comes with resistance training, then what you can do is run or do your cardio on opposite days or like the days that you are not uh, doing any sort of resistance training in. Uh, or if you have the time um, and, and the desire, you can do two days where maybe in the morning you'll lift and then something like eight to 12 hours later, uh, then you can ride. So if you you're really trying to maximize both um which i don't know why you would running sucks but if you are trying to uh, you can do it on a day where you are not lifting so that you don't blunt or potentially blunt any sort of strength adaptations um and it also i don't know for me like it helps me because on the days i don't lift i just become like a lazy piece of shit so if i'm like oh i'll just do like some sort of little cardio thing today at least I'll get steps in. At least I'll get my heart rate up or something. So um, that is the the simple, in a nutshell, answer to that. So nothing inherently wrong with running, other than if you do it out for enjoyment, you're a psychopath. But that's really all I got for for that. So we love you, runners. We love we, you. We get, okay, don't listen to <laughs> yeah. Roe. Yeah, I guess so. Somebody's here for you. It's not Roe, you but you're a necessary part. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm barely a support system for for you people. Um, anyway, so let's let's introduce this podcast uh, or the topic at least. So today we're going to take a deeper dive into the four phases four phases Jesus of the menstrual cycle, um, and we'll be going over things. And by we, I mean <laughs> yeah, like, why is Ro talking? Uh, going to I'm like we like I'm going to to, to teach you. Uh, I'm going to give my personal experiences. Uh, we're going <laughs> to define each phase and also describe uh, more like what's going on behind the scenes with hormones and how this can actually be uh, a really incredible way to tap into maybe our, your nutrition and like female biology uh, when working on improving health, working with uh, uh, strength goals and stuff and, and really any sort of specific goals. So. Um, I hope that was clear. <laughs> I'm frustrated, not frustrated. I'm flustered at the thought of <laughs> all these women oh. things. So um, you're going to learn so good. much. Well, I have, <laughs> before we start the podcast, I have a question for Ro. Great. Growing up, you obviously have sisters and, and mom and everything. Was this something <laughs> that you, like, you learned about and was like normalized or was it like no one talked about menstruating? Um, 
That's a good question. I was like, I've blocked out my childhood. It was really traumatic. <laughs> it wasn't. I had a great family structure. Uh, I, I don't think it was like um, anything where it was like uh, shunned or hind or not shunned hind what am i saying it's not something that like we it was hidden i guess mm-hmm. my my mom would uh would let us know because she would well you could always kind of tell my mom was um sometimes she'd be like really angry and her fuse was like <laughs> really short and we'd be like what's going on and she's like i'm pmsing get out of the kitchen and i'm like all right I gotta <laughs> go so i think that's probably where my where my inability to deal with conflict with women came from because I'm just like, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was something that like, it's not something that I like didn't know about or something, but it's not like my sisters ran around like, anyway, I'm bleeding today. <laughs> so I, I don't know if that like answers yeah, it. You know, yeah, I'm but, just curious, like everyone's experience because yeah. it seems like it's a, it is a private subject to some and mm. I think it's become so normal for, sure. for me to talk about in relationship or friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was just curious yeah. your experience. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, if you follow Brooke on, on Twitter, she'll be like, anyway, I'm in my follicular <laughs> phase. And like, that's that's kind of weird. So that's not I don't know true. why you're that. <laughs> no. Don't even have a Twitter, actually. But maybe I should start yeah. one. And yeah. like, the whole Twitter is just, just phase to do that. This. That's it. This is the phase. This is the day. Day 24. <laughs> be like, die. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I, yeah, so, I, oh, man. Bro, grow I'm up like, already. What what was no no it's not it's not like you know the 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 topic doesn't freak me out right I mean I deal with pee and blood and stuff just not normally mixed together oh, God. Uh, and I, I guess my uh, my question is like what what is that even like how how does that conversation start because the only only real um, uh, I guess frame of reference I have is from reading the diary of Anne Frank where she was like hey you know I got my period and I'm a woman and like the next five minutes she's like crying because she's like oh i'm an adult now and i don't know how to handle this and like i don't know what were those experiences like for you too if you're able (laughs) and willing to to talk about it yeah i'll start um when i was younger i was obsessed with like american girl dolls and they created a book about like for you know middle school aged early like late elementary school I guess about learning to understand your body and so I remember my mom buying me that book and it had like pictures and things that were explaining like the changes I was going to go through because I loved reading so she kind of like tapped into that she's like all right I know you love to read this little nerdy child like let's (laughs) give you this this age-appropriate book to explain these things and then we'll talk about it Um, because we would have book club as kids we would read together we would talk about it so that's kind of what we did learning about um, our bodies and the changes we're going to go through. And I think I was in sixth grade the first time I got my period and I was like nervous. Um, I was the, one of the first girls that like had gone through that. And I remember it being kind of scary because it's just new. Um, and now I'm sure. like kind of obsessed with understanding my cycle and like, <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you think I was going to say? I don't know. You're like, I'm obsessed with you. Well, I mean, I kind of am because I think it's so, (laughs) man, I just think it's cool, really cool as females that we are able to do these Mm -hmm. things. I don't know a lot of other creatures that will just bleed for days and like work out and put on a happy Mm -hmm. face and be boss bitches at work. Like, um, (laughs) it's pretty cool. And I think that that's fair. The changes in hormones are something that once we understand, and we're going to talk about this today and on our next podcast is 
um, really understanding the hormonal shifts and changes, I think there's a lot of power there. And um, a lot of female intuition, mm-hmm. I think, comes from that cycle and those changes. So I'm um, total period nerd now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I had a very opposite <laughs> experience than Brooke, but still came to the same oh, no. endpoint of this is something that fascinates me. And I love diving deeper into it and being able to use it in my health and well-being but i grew up in the south in tennessee and we don't talk about a lot of things um and went to public school and i think like i never remember having this conversation with my mom or my parents and i think they just like relied on the public school system to give me a quick little sex ed talk And I remember being in this class where they had separated the boys and the girls and the teacher was telling us what was going to happen and that it would be coming soon. And then it was going to like, I just remember her painting like this awful picture and telling us that it would probably be like so bad (laughs) that we would have to like go home on like lunchtime and like shower again because it was going to be so gross. And I was like, oh my God, I'm terrified. And basically just being like, never have sex because you're going to get pregnant. <laughs> and all these. Uh, Gotta love the abstinence model. Exactly. Abstinence is the only way. And just okay, never guys, teaching us like how can't get pregnant we can actually never use this for our good. It's fair. Um, or how it was actually like a tool for women and how it's like really incredible. Like what Brooke said, what we're able to do. But yeah, that was that was kind of my experience. And I never remember asking my mom or like telling my mom that I had started my period and that I needed like tampons or pads or whatever. I think I just started like sneaking into her bathroom and stealing hers. And then eventually she just started buying them for me and was like, here you go. And if you need this, like it was just not talked about. <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah, it was, so it's very, and that's, so you weird. know, how I got here. That's why I'm in therapy. that's fair yeah (laughs) like i don't know how i would feel if one day i just like why is there like blood on me i don't really understand this um yeah okay wow all right so let's open this up i was gonna get off this podcast and go ask casey so like when did you get your period and like how did you feel (laughs) no i I think we've had those conversations before but you know it's just it's those are like I understand that uh, you guys are actively like saying and, and willing to say this, but like you said, there's so many people that are like, oh, like I don't talk about that stuff like mm-hmm. ever. And it's like, but it's you. Like that's that's your, like really your day to day. It's part of your day, you know, how you're feeling and whatnot. And still some people are like, nope, just don't talk about it. Just don't think about it. And I'm like, all right, it's kind of weird. Um, but cool. Yeah, let's start with the, so uh, what are the four phases of, the actual menstrual cycle yeah so if you're cycling normally your cycle is on average a 28 day cycle so at the start of a new cycle that would be the first day that you start bleeding and this of course is called your menstrual phase and it's typically the one and only phase most of us were taught growing up like you know in my case But it turns out that there's three more really important phases to support the entire cycle. And so menstruation happens, you begin 
a new cycle. This lasts between five and seven days. And then after the menstruation phase, you begin what is called the follicular phase. And this lasts about seven to 10 days. Next, um, this is a typically shorter phase and it is your ovulatory phase. So this is important to know if you're trying to conceive or if you're trying to avoid getting pregnant. Um, And that normally lasts around like four days. (laughs) Um, And then last, we have the longest phase typically, and that's your luteal phase, which lasts around 10 to 14 days. And of course, within each of these phases, you have different levels of hormones involved to support each phase, which we're going to dive into a little bit more on how you can kind of know if you're cycling normally, if that is something you're curious about doing. Dang. Uh, do you, do you all like track each phase? Mm-hmm. It, Cause I know that a lot of this is, um, on average, right? Because it's just easier to kind of put humans into boxes, but like, I don't know in your experience, either with yourself or working with people, like does the, does the 28 day thing actually hold up or is it kind of more variable? Yeah, it you know? depends. Um, if you have been on hormone, hormonal birth control for a prolonged period of time, it's going to take a little bit longer once you get off of that to sync up with the cycles and really figure out how long each phase is for you. And then with different hormonal imbalances, mm-hmm. that's going to cause differences too. So typically, if someone has something like PCOS, they might have no cycle or really long cycles, um, meaning their cycle can be more like 40 plus days. And then if you have no cycle, um, you just kind of don't, you like never really know when your body is experiencing a certain phase. Um, but typically normal will be between that 26 and I think like 34 ish days. So you can have a little bit longer of a cycle, but if it's really long, like that 40 plus days then you probably need to look into some testing yeah i track mine religiously Mm -hmm. and mine is very regular Mm -hmm. now but i was on hormonal birth control for 15 years ish so coming Mm -hmm. off was a really big journey for me and it was not normal and things were not happening the way they should but i think that's important like why healthcare providers no matter what If you're a trainer, if you're a doctor, if you're a dietitian, anyone can understand because it affects so much of how we are. And I also think we should talk about it more because it's helpful to identify what are normal things that should be happening and what are some signs that maybe something is going on underneath with the hormones that we need to support in another way. Yeah. Yeah, I know that in like my uh, very narrow experience, just because I... Uh, when I was your strength coach for the cheer and palm teams, right? There was like, I don't know what this shit feels like. So I remember some girls were like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I'm on it. Like, whatever. It's like, oh, can you still work today? And they're like, yeah, why the fuck would I not be able to work? Like, All right, I'm just asking. And then there's some <laughs> other girls that were like, I, I literally cannot move today. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I can't tell you if you're right or wrong. So <laughs> I'm just going to believe you. You know what I mean? Like, what kind of chauvinist asshole do I have to be to be like, Oh, come on it's not that bad you can get back to you know power cleaning or whatever um so yeah i, I really agree with what what you said about you know how um obviously these, these if you've never had conversations like this it's 
podcast might be a little uncomfortable. Maybe you've turned it off by now. I don't know. Uh, but it's all it's all stuff that like, you know, you you have maybe a significant other that's a woman or your mom or coworkers. So um, not, not saying you should be tracking your coworker cycles, uh, but, you know, maybe 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 give some insight to, to how or why some things are going on. I don't know. Um, so we did talk about, uh, you know, certain certain things that happen within these phases. But. Can you explain the the main hormones involved in each phase and kind of the the roles that they that they play? Yeah, this is super complex. So bear with me, people. Um, I'm <laughs> gonna try and do my best at explaining it, and hopefully, I do it justice. I want to start with the menstrual phase. So essentially, what's happening is the corpus luteum disappears, progesterone drops off. So when we get this drop off in progesterone, this triggers the shedding of the uterine lining. And that's what's actually happening when a woman is bleeding. So it's that uterine lining coming off and that's causing the bleed. So estrogen will peak and then fall and this stimulates the hypothalamus to prepare for the new ovulation cycle that will be coming down the line. So after we've gone through this menstrual phase, the bleeding has stopped, we move into the follicular phase. Um, And this looks different for everyone, so know that we say normal is five to seven days, so know that there's some variability. Encourage every single woman to track, especially if you're a natural cycle, so you can check in and start to really develop the mind-body connection here with what's going on, connect some dots. So once we move into the follicular phase, our pituitary gland um, is triggered by the hypothalamus to send follicle-stimulating hormone to your ovaries to prep the release of the egg. So we're, we're moving, getting ready to move into that ovulatory phase. So several egg follicles will swell, and estrogen is increasing to thicken the uterine lining to prepare it to host an egg. So essentially the thick lining would be needed if we wanted to be pregnant because then we want the egg and the fertilized egg, the sperm and all the good things to stay in the lining um, if pregnancy is the goal. Uh, Depends, I guess, on your goals and your fertility journey. Um, Ovulatory phase is ovulation. So the follicle-stimulating hormone rises followed by an increase in luteinizing hormone also from the pituitary gland. And this stimulates one follicle to swell and burst. And that's what actually releases the egg into the fallopian tube that travels down into the uterus that has now this great thick lining that's ready for, you know, fertility. Um, Estrogen continues to rise here. um, And that supports the growth of the immune system cells in the uterus and, and really making sure the thick wall is there and ready. Um, Also, testosterone. Women have testosterone, and it's an important piece of this phase. So testosterone will surge and then drops right around ovulation, which is the actual release process we're talking about with the egg. So after all those good things happen, that's really only about four days of your cycle, we move into the luteal phase, which is the longest and can last up to 14 days. So the corpus luteum grows on the surface of the ovary, which produces progesterone. So that's the follicle from which the egg burst. Um, What you'll see here is this increased progesterone prompts your body to keep the uterine lining intact. It also signals for the pituitary gland to stop sending the follicle stimulating hormone and the luteinizing hormones that only one egg is released at a time. Um, We don't have the same, you know, productive capacity as a man where 
Uh, they can just, they got lots of sperm. It's kind of like a never-ending bank, really. I think I read something that they can impregnate yeah. like nine women a day for, I don't even know how long. It's pretty crazy. Um, We're trying. So it's not, it's not that way for women. We have like a, a certain amount of eggs. So it's really important the body does this and, you know, just... One egg is going out, and we're, we're only giving it one shot a month is really the goal. Um, so then estrogen continues to rise. If the egg is not fertilized by sperm, then the corpus luteum is reabsorbed into the body, which causes progesterone production to halt, and that will trigger your period. It's like, okay, well, we didn't catch a fertilized egg at this point. We're going to move back through the cycle. Uh, at the end of this phase, we'll also start to see another increase in testosterone. That's when women get really aggressive. No, I'm totally <laughs> kidding. Um, you know, I think it's it's really interesting. You did bring up the fact that, uh, yeah, males just have like, you, they just create sperm. It's like non, really, you can't, it doesn't stop. Um, <laughs> but I, I think if I remember correctly, uh, women are, I know that women are born with all the eggs that they will ever have. Uh, and it's by like the 20th, 20th week of um not birth, pregnancy, which is like really wild to think about, you know, that like, yeah, you're, you know, like we're like 30 ish around there. Uh, but we have been like this thing for as long as our mom has, our moms have been alive and then a little past that. So, uh, it's it's really awesome when you think about how how efficient the the female body has to be. Like we get one, and we'll try again. We get one because like if you did like I don't know like six eggs a week or something ridiculous, and you're like, yeah, you really only have from twenty three and a half to twenty five to get pregnant, and then after that, like just shit out of luck. So it's a um, very like, but yeah, it's like it's a beautifully I, orchestrated dance mm -hmm. of hormones. And yeah. it serves a really intentional purpose to be like, this is, we, let's just be very intentional. One egg a month. Like, this is what we've got. Yeah. yeah it's really cool. Yeah. And I think that uh, women are born with, I think it, it was like one to two million eggs. And then by the time they get to puberty, it's like been 400,000. Uh, but then it's like you ovulate around 400 uh, on average, right? Um which is crazy. And then imagine giving the birth to twins, like at, not identical twins, right? Because they'll split. But uh, what's the other one? Not mm -hmm. uh, not identical. Fraternal? But the fraternal. Yeah, where it's like they're like two separate eggs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, fraternal? Pr I don't know. The not cool <laughs> ones. Uh, and then like, you know, you just like, is it that you're consistently pumping out two or three eggs? Or is it just that that one time you just happen to catch two or three I think eggs it's super so, genetic um, if you have twins or not yeah like oh yeah that's... definitely like twins tend to have twins tend to have twins and stuff as long as it wasn't um affected by like ivf and, and stuff like that um yeah really uh really interesting really cool so we obviously just talked about um arguably the the most important uh hormones when it comes to females um, but like in, in school, uh, from what I, what very little I remember from like health class in eighth grade, <laughs> we, we were kind of taught everything in like the, uh, I guess as a reference to like kind of male biology or like 
like a daily cycle um and i think that that's like that's very mm-hmm. male centered um so how does it how does it differ from kind of the male hormonal cycle when you compare it to the female hormonal cycle yeah so i also don't know shit about my own hormones <laughs> yeah so like well here you go ro <laughs> <laughs> as we talked about earlier female biology operates optimally using the 28 day cycle and then we have male biology, which operates using a normal 24-hour time clock. So in the morning for... Insert simple man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Simple man joke here. Very, very simple. Easy. <laughs> Easy lifestyle. Every day is the same. <laughs> so in really the morning is. for males... And women hate it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yep. So in the morning, testosterone and cortisol levels are at their highest, making you more energetic, communicative, um, laser focused. That's where your morning erection is going to come from and you're feeling super efficient. And then afternoon, your testosterone starts to decline and puts you in the mood to socialize and connect with people. So think like happy hour meetings. This is where men want to pitch ideas to clients, network network with colleagues, and or meet up for a date. And then in the evening, <laughs> testosterone levels hmm. fall, which makes you more sensitive to estrogen, which leads you to want to wind down and relax on the couch or find other ways to quiet your mind. And this is the cycle most of us were taught, male or females, even though this cycle best supports male energy, health, and productivity. So you'll see a lot of women thinking, oh, I got to get up super early. I got to crush the day. I got to do da-da-da-da-da. And every day needs to be the same. And when we learn about this 28-day cycle, we see that's just not how our bodies operate. Um, But that's just... A male world, and we're just living in it, and we're trying to learn a new way, <laughs> <For a> baby. <laughs> and, no, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but like that's what we think. Of just like we got to keep up with the man, but you really need to just be able to tap into your own unique power and energy, which women have, and we just were never taught it. A hundred and ten percent. Good. Preach Don't it, let Coco. them think. Don't let them think. No. It's dangerous for society. Well, <laughs> Rose gonna be like, I accidentally forgot to post this episode. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> crazy. It just disappeared. I don't know. Riverside said it was. Uh, it's up in the cloud somewhere. But if you can, this is why I think like this idea of cycle hacking is mm-hmm. so important. Because if you can figure out the way you're gonna work best and roll with it, it's gonna look different for women. Whereas men might be like Rose, like no matter what, I I'm slamming crispies and crushing PRs in the morning, and like that works for Rose. But that's not gonna work. For a female who's got all these different other changes affecting our, our energy and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought you were going to say slamming other things. And I was like, oh, oh God. God. Like, Crispies and chairs is like, <laughs> cool. Fuck yeah. I'll, I'll do that. Morning erections uh, and rice krispies. It's the motto yeah. to live by. <laughs> that, that's a shirt if I've ever heard of one. Um, TM. TM it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I also laugh because it's like in the evening, you know, testosterone levels fall and your your brain quiets down. And I was like, I I must have stupid high levels of testosterone because anxiety. my brain never shuts the fuck up. So, <laughs> yeah, also that. Yeah. Yeah. Testosterone super low. Uh, but you just have really high anxiety. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's uh, I guess that's, that's a really good point, too, because I mean, I think it's it's I don't know, I guess fair that. We're consistently um, comparing ourselves to people we work with or, like, aspire to be or whatever. But it's, like, you know, maybe from what I'm getting uh, is that, like, 
you're wired differently. Mm-hmm. So like you have to go at your own pace, which is something we preach anyway, right? Like going at your own pace, but um, understanding that for, for a female, it may just look different because of how, I don't know, the, the work week and society was shaped mm-hmm. in a quote unquote male dominated world or whatever. So um well i mean when you think about it it's just like the way everything was set up it was with the male in mind and like even when you look at research not many females are tested especially in like physical activity exercise performance it's hard because they don't want to dive into all this 28 day cycle shit they want to be able to know that every day is going to be the same and we don't have to take that into consideration yeah so Big, big point to realize that, like, if you are researching something specific like nutrition or exercise or wanting to find this perfect program for you and it's not taking into consideration, like, your unique biology, it may not be the best fit for you. And that's where you need to, like, work with somebody who understands that you are built different. Built different. And this is not to, <laughs> this is not to say, though, that... You can't be a high-performing, right, yeah. successful athlete all 28 days, yeah. right? Um, I know they did research on the U.S. women's soccer team mm-hmm. and their cycles. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as you understand what's going on, so you're preparing and training and matching your body's energy leading up to the event, you're fueling in line with the event, you don't have any micronutrient deficiencies and all of that is dialed in, you can still absolutely be a high performer. Yeah. It's just understanding your body and how to work with it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's really, I think, unlocking the true potential. Yeah, I I think it's also, um, I I remember I shared something, I don't know, like a year ago, uh, where, yes, a lot of um, recent studies, again, the the pool of studies is small just because the research on women has been pretty sparse. Sparse? Sparse? I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I I don't know how to say it. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, even though these these studies said that there was no like decrease in strength, no decrease in you know muscular endurance, no decrease in in uh, really like any sort of markers that like we base performance off of, um, this doesn't mean that those people probably didn't feel their best or that you won't feel your your best. You know, just because like your strength is up that day doesn't mean that you probably had to like super focus or you know, probably felt off in some way. And maybe it doesn't make a difference for 90% of the population where it's like, we're all like normal, right? And I'm like air quoting, but like, if you're like an elite level athlete or someone who, you know, is competing next to someone who the race is won by, you know, 0.1 seconds or a second or two, or use competitions from five to 10 pounds, like, then it's really, really, really important to understand what kind of small changes you can make so that you're consistently getting that that second, those five, 10 pounds. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, it's going to be a benefit to anyone who's who's listening in their everyday life, but more so beneficial for someone who lives their life uh, based on inches, right? Like in whatever sport context that they have. So um LOL is going to make a really immature joke. (laughs) (laughs) I base my life off two inches. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In my experience, though, you're right, Ro. It's like I'm still lifting what I can lift. And I'm still – and I would tell if I'm over at my 
home gym Mayo and a coach is watching me lift. I'm like, I feel slow. Mm. I just don't feel like I'm moving the barbell the way I should be. And he's like, no, like it looks yeah. great. I'm like, it feels like yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think it's just that energy difference depending on where I'm at and what's going on. Yeah. Or he's lying to you. He's like, yeah, it looks great. And he's like, fuck, she needs to get out of here. <laughs> no, yeah. I, no, he tells me that too. He's very honest. Like you should go home and just eat and yeah. sleep. Cool. Thanks. But it's, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like an RPE thing, right? Like if my writing a perceived exertion is tends to be really high every, you know, four weeks, like, oh, maybe that's your cycle probably telling you something like, yes, the speed is still good. You're still strong, but like, I feel like shit. So, um, you could also be fatigued. Listen to our last episode. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I know that uh, we've covered a lot already, but in the next episode, we're going to dive into um, different ways that women can support the cycle through things like nutrition, exercise, social life, um, work life. You know, those two things that I don't have at the end. Uh, <laughs> but where would someone typically start to like sync up and learn more about their 28 day cycle? The two biggest places to start, in my opinion, would be talking to your physician to come off birth control if you are on birth control, because if you are taking hormonal birth control, you're just not going to be able to sync up in the way that if you were not. And we'll get into a little we'll get into it a little bit later as to why. Um, and then if you don't have a physician that supports you coming off hormonal birth control, if that's something you want and they don't have a specific reason, I would find another physician. And the second place <laughs> to start would be to start using a cycle tracking app. I use the MyFlow app and I really, really love it. It goes into a lot of great detail of each phase. Um, but that those are my two biggest things. I love the MyFlow app. Yeah. <laughs> I use that one. Um, I, well, I'm also just obsessed with Alyssa Vitti's yeah, work. Yeah, she's but, amazing. Um, it was funny because she was describing why she created it, and it's so true. I used to use another cycle tracking app, and it asks you all these different things like sex, what's going on here, what's mm -hmm. going on there, and it would be like high heels and lipstick and thongs, and it was like – a man created this app, didn't <laughs> you? Yep. Like, why are these icons this? Oh, my uh, God. That's funny. that's funny. It's so true, though. I'm like, I don't think high heels, lipstick, and thongs describe my that's personality all or sex life. All the time. All the time. And then you, like, see so us, like, as, like, a little potato on the couch with, like, our popcorn. Like, sup? <laughs> <laughs> this is it, honey. My woman should look good for me, and I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Oh, God. oh my gosh highly recommend her app yeah um, female owned hilarious. operated and created my flow with women in with mind no w. And exactly oh, no man. cheesy male sex icons in there you know it's just called my bro i don't know my bro uh, app yeah my dude, bro flow uh, kind of <laughs> my bro flow you know what i'm gonna do that one man oh. how are you feeling how's your bro flow uh, buys domain immediately <laughs> I've already bought it. It's a whole it, yeah. new business. Uh, <laughs> like, guys, I'm the male hormone specialist, and you know somebody would bite on that, and be like, "Oh yeah, bro, yeah. he, oh, he knows so much." I'm just like the morning check in, I, like, yeah, morning like, checkbox. Send me pictures of your morning erection. <laughs> Thanks. Oh my god, shut down. <laughs> Absolutely cancer. Oh, oh shit. Uh, I um, I was. Just remembering, I don't know if uh, you all saw, there was like a, a viral video like a month ago of this, <laughs> this like pastor who um, 
the guy did not look great. And he was, you know, like, and again, everyone. Blah, oh, blah, my blah, God. I know what you're great, about to whatever. say. No, uh, I hate But he's I hate like, everything. he was like, overweight, ugly, ug- ugly-ish guy, I guess. I don't know. I'm not trying to judge people. Fuck it. You know, he was an unattractive male, you know, <laughs> older dude, older pastor who was like, oh, you know what? Pastor in the women church. Are here to are here to, yeah, women are here to, to please us. They should, mm-hmm. they should look this way. They should, like my wife should look sexy all the time. And I'm, I just kind of look, get to look like whatever. And I was like, Bro, it's 2021. You cannot say <laughs> like, this. And you're still thinking this kind of shit? Ooh. Like, and people, you know, you know, there are people in the congregation like, this guy gets it. Yeah. All right. Oh, my God. Uh, but yeah. Meanwhile, the women are like texting their lawyers for divorce Literally. papers. Well, you know, if Gotta they're good out. women, they're like, of course, yes. I, I believe what <laughs> pastor, whatever, is saying. Uh, no, but I thought about that when you were talking about how you're like, <laughs> this app was for sure made by men. Yep. So he he probably sat on the board, um, on the board for that, that creation. <laughs> He's so, probably a deacon. Um, <laughs> hey, ah, ultra cancel this episode. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway is there an x uh, rating yeah yeah this is not like, kosher for yeah most. it's not it's not even explicit it's just x-rated like see even i'll post it but everyone's gonna take it down and be like no no this is uneducational so um yeah you know i should probably uh when, when classes start back up i'll be like hey women uh you guys get periods right check out this episode and i'm gonna be like what the fuck dude uh, but you know that's that's engagement. I, guess. I cannot wait uh, for Ro to do some stupid shit. Oh, it's gonna be. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised I made it made it this far anyway. <laughs> but um, anyway, so we did talk about uh, you know um ways that you could track uh your cycle and kind of things to keep in mind. What would what would be like a few typical uh, I don't know blockers for for someone wanting to to sync with with their like cycle Mm -hmm. a few things that are going to get in your way is one if you're trying to do the same tasks every day and this includes nutrition exercise productivity socializing you're trying to do the same thing every day and then another one is going to be you're looking to constantly be productive and um the my flow app that we mentioned earlier uh the woman who created it Alyssa vd she has a couple books out, Woman Code and In the Flow, and she in In the Flow she talks about the natural cycle of creation, which I really love as a good visual. So when it comes to creation, we have four phases as well. That initiation phase phase is where creation starts as a seed and then it goes on to the growth phase and starts to sprout, which then reaches completion um, in what we know as harvest, and then we rest and do it all over again. So you weren't built to be in a constant state of harvest. You have to rest, plant, and grow. And a lot of the time we're trying to skip all these other very important steps because we think productivity is the goal. We have to be productive every single day. <clears throat> Another blocker to sinking with your cycle would be that you believe it's supposed to suck, that you have to suffer to succeed. And I think a lot of women, I know I was, we were taught that our menstrual cycle was going to be, and it's supposed to be super painful, shameful, and something that we just had to suffer through. Um, If you are having really bad PMS (laughs) symptoms, there's a reason why, and there is a better way. And sinking with your cycle will show you that better way. 
and we're going to talk in, we're going to get into more detail in the next episode of like actionable steps that you can take. Another blocker is you expect to feel the same every day. You think that you were super productive and crushing it last week. So it should be the same now as well. When in reality, you might just be in a different phase of your cycle. And that's the reason why you're not feeling as on top of all of it. And you may just need to rest. The last blocker I would say is if you are taking hormonal birth control, that's going to be probably one of the biggest blockers to really being able to sync up with your cycle. Jeez. Oh, go ahead, Brooke. I thought. Oh, no. I was, I had lots of thoughts, but I wasn't going to say anything. (laughs) she's like lots of swirling around in there all this yeah i remember uh i think it was like i think now it's a joke but before it was probably what they what they taught women where it's like uh you know eve took the apple so you have to deal with this yep. pain because you kind of <laughs> fucked all of mankind and i'm like jesus christ <laughs> we're really Relax, hammering down on the church God. today <laughs> well i do think but i mean i think there's been a lot of shame around the cycle for women partially because sure, yeah. of religion mm-hmm. society and it's kind of being a little shameful and it shouldn't be also i want to highlight something you said nicole about the pms symptoms mm-hmm. i think for most women i'm like okay are you natural cycle or are you uh birth control just because i like to know before i take on a client because it's going to dictate a whole lot mm-hmm. because it affects our body a whole lot as we're learning. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, well, I, you know, I had really bad PMS symptoms, so I got on hormonal birth mm-hmm. control. Hormonal birth control will not fix whatever's going on and causing the really intense PMS symptoms. It might mask them. Mm-hmm. It might normalize them. But you're not actually fixing the root cause or supporting the cycle mm-hmm. in any way. You're not having a cycle. So... Uh, Something to think about. I know that it was really scary for me when I made the transition off of hormonal birth control because I have no desire, zero desire to have children. Mm -hmm. It's not a part of my life's journey. I respect all women who it's a part of their thing and they're really excited to be mothers, but I think I'm here to nurture and create in other ways personally. So it was a very, very scary experience for me. I love that. Um, That's great. Yeah, and it was hard to Mm -hmm. talk about with my partner. Um, But we created a plan that worked for us. And so I just want to encourage people that um, might be a little scared about having the conversation. There is no pressure, like if you're on hormonal birth control and that's where you're comfortable. Um, But I think this is something that's important to have a conversation about. And if you are interested in coming off of it, reach out to other women who, um, you know, or myself or Nicole or other women who go through that. So they can we can just let's just talk. Let's just have a conversation about other options and like ways to talk to your provider if you're nervous about talking to your doctor about it and and looking for other options, because I think um, it was a game changer for my health and me personally. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, very thankful that now I'm learning more and sinking into my own cycle should we start a period club (laughs) (laughs) safe for all i mean i would be there i would be in row shows up every week what would would the name of that be yeah (laughs) i'm here to learn hey guys i'm just here to learn i'm here here to to be an ally Because inevitably, <laughs> inevitably, the universe will fuck me and I'll have like four daughters and I'm like, God like, damn it. I know it. all about your hormones. Uh, Come on. Follicular phase it is. Let's go. Yeah, I'm a cool <laughs> dad. Yeah, I, I definitely thought about that when I was doing my thesis because I had to, we were also trying to do some stuff for, uh, I guess kind of just track the, the 
how how they were feeling so we could test in the in the right times but as we've said before it's really hard to track so i was like fuck this i i'm this is my master's thesis i don't i don't care about it that much um but yeah i you know i again like it even if you're a, a guy it's it, it's so it's important information because one day you might have a daughter or you know if your significant uh other is a female like chances are they deal with this stuff so um yeah but you know uh brooke you just you just brought up like how well i guess nicole's talked about how it's, it's a blocker right like hormonal birth control and brooke mentioned that like for some people it's a good thing for other people it's maybe not the best thing um but like can we can we talk about it as the last part of this episode like you know how does birth control actually impact the 28 day cycle because i know before we started i was like wait you don't do this what you don't what and i was just kind of like well what the fuck is happening then and you guys were like we'll soon <laughs> and i was like that's fair um because to me like at least for i think and i think for most people right like even if you are on birth control and you are still having like menses or like the act of bleeding then like i'm like oh well then your cycle is it's fine, right? Um, but but you all kind of uh, squashed that thought earlier. So um, how how does how does birth control affect the cycle and maybe what like you're mm-hmm. feeling or supposed yeah. to feel? I don't know. Like what Brooke just said, if you are on birth control, you aren't cycling, and what that means is birth control stops the ovulatory phase completely so when as brooke mentioned earlier like what's going on in each phase with your hormones and like what your body is preparing for if you're not going through ovulation you're not building up that um, uterine lining and then if you didn't build that uterine lining up to prepare for an egg to attach to you're not going to shed that lining which means you aren't bleeding So a lot of women will say like, oh, well, I still spot or it's really light. And that's a main reason um, women tend to get on birth control is because they do have heavy periods and they want it to be lighter. And what that is during that kind of like placebo week where you're supposed to be on your period, um, you are just kind of like spotting, but you aren't actively bleeding because you didn't ovulate. Um, so yeah, you're taking out pretty much half of the 28 day cycle, which doesn't allow the follicular phase, the ovulatory phase and like all the other four phases. What comes after follicular? Wasn't it ovulatory or no? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah. yeah. Um, you're not, your body isn't going through all those things. <laughs> Trust me. I'm a period <laughs> so expert. Your, yeah. So. Your cycle isn't working optimally in the way it is intended to. What the best way, this is going to sound really dramatic, but I love it. Um, birth control <laughs> uses hormones to make your uterus a hostile environment. So sperm and egg cannot combine and attach to a lining and fertilize. Mm. Makes your uterus hostile. I'm all about hostile environments. <laughs> yeah. So if you are experiencing symptoms, oh, it's because, you know, there's other things going on with your hormone levels. And there are ways to tend to that with nutrition and exercise. And you might be shocked at all the things that you actually can do to support your cycle because it's not what we're taught. Um, and we're going to get in that into that in the next episode, which I'm really excited about. 
That's crazy. So, so I, I did, um, <clears throat> I did also ask because you know we we say her, hormonal birth control, but like, is there any other kind of birth control? Like, I don't understand why we keep adding hormonal in front of it because in my mind, all mm-hmm. of this affects hormones. So I don't, I don't know. So you've got the copper IUD. So it's like a little looks like a little T. And your OBGYN will insert that. Yep, it's it is a cross. Who would have freaking thought? Not sponsored by the church. All right, (laughs) it gets um, it gets inserted like all the way in. It's a painful experience, from what I've heard. I've never done um, an IUD, but it gets inserted. But it since it's copper, which is a natural spermicide. it's not using hormones to prevent pregnancy. However, it can lead to a lot of other issues in women because it throws off your copper to zinc ratio. And a lot of people will end up having copper toxicity and they'll be really low in zinc. Um, they compete for absorption and it throws things off, uh, which can lead to a lot of issues. It's kind of this cascade effect that's not great. Um, and you'll know if you're having some type of copper toxicity reaction with all kinds of other crazy issues. Um, I know people that have gone through it have had things like hair loss, um, issues with acne, issues with immunity. It can really mess up a whole lot of stuff. So it doesn't always work for all women. Man, bless <laughs> bless the women because it always seems like, this seems like it's a very much a you problem. I'm gonna keep living my life, so. Uh, yeah, I, I, I am really looking forward to, <laughs> to the next episode where we talk about how, um, I guess, like nutritional strategies and other things you can do to, to help you through <clears throat> certain phases. Um, so if this interested you, and I hope it did, uh, tune in next week for, for the next episode where we kind of dive in a little deeper. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know that for the last hour, I've been like borderline like cringe but also like oh wow this is really interesting so uh you know <laughs> classic male shit and and behavior the the simple you know i get it i get it you want us to understand but like you said simple man i'm like this doesn't pertain to me so i i don't give a shit um but you know slowly <laughs> slowly we're changing the attitude i guess um if you if uh i encourage if you're gonna share any episode share <laughs> right. because it's important and if you're a man you've got a woman in your life because someone birthed you unless you're a tested so baby and then let you me know be... because i want to meet you <laughs> oh my god that's cool <laughs> definitely definitely make an effort to understand what was that thing i sent you all the other night it was like even if you gave men like a pictograph guide on women, yeah yeah it was no it was it, it was uh, directions <laughs> on on females right and the, yes. the lady's like uh men don't read directions so they wouldn't know first it. of all <laughs> yeah and then the second one second, it, the second it would one say is, do not disturb yeah do not disturb <laughs> uh but also even if we could read directions to be like i don't like this i'm going to disturb anyway so uh yeah simple <laughs> simple man it's uh, such a great life it's so great uh but cool I'll, I'll end it with that one men are superior so um uh myself no no myself and nicole if this is how uh, you anything it's women are really freaking cool <laughs> no for really sure yeah awesome. i mean it, it is it is like uh you know I, I i don't have kids you know when when and if that happens i'll say when before i get yelled at uh when that happens you know it's like you know it's thing but it, it's it's definitely 
it's hard for me to call it a miracle because you know people give birth all the time so it's not a miracle but i understand that it's like it is crazy uh that like it's crazy you just birthed this thing. that we're even here yeah yeah, yeah. for for sure <laughs> uh so yeah shout out to shout out to all the women in in, in my life um and and out there, out so. of two million eggs, we got yeah. we got yeah. Ro. <laughs> Best egg there is, baby. What a star! <laughs> you know what? You're right. I'm one of one of two million. <laughs> Fuck yeah! He literally probably uh, was just like, "We, I'm here." Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I think the I think that the the science has changed because before it was like. The belief was the first sperm to make it was the one that became like uh, the fetus, the baby, whatever. And so it was like, yeah, the strongest sperm like made it or whatever. But I think now they think that multiple sperm like fight to kind of like permeate the outside of it. And then whichever mm-hmm. one just kind of like sneakily mm-hmm. slips in is is the one mm. that gets to live. So I like that more than sneaky. I like that way more than being like, yeah, I was the strongest one. I was like, yeah, I just kind of like showed up and was like, all right, it's time for me to do this, uh, which is way more my personality than than anything else. So, um, yeah, love you, mom. Thanks for for carrying me and uh, dealing with my bullshit for <laughs> almost thirty years. So, um, yeah, let's close this episode up before we get into. Uh, some other stuff so uh, myself and nicole are still currently accepting clients um i deal with uh, exercise and performance um nicole is our intuitive eating and health at every size dietitian um clearly knows uh, a lot especially uh, about the the female body um she's a specialist uh and then brooke is a dietitian <laughs> specializing in functional nutrition for athletic performance and you can join the waitlist to work with her for one-on-one nutrition coaching. Um, that's opening up soon, isn't it? I think you have some people graduating from your program. Yeah, in July it'll be awesome. opening up. I'm excited. Good for good for late those July. people. Mid to late July. <laughs> yeah, like, I've taught them so much about periods. Um, follow us at Health Unfiltered. <laughs> I get so sad when people leave. <laughs> nah, you can just check in every now and then. They graduate. Uh, they like grow up and graduate. You're like, oh, it's so great. Go and impregnate some women, and you know, help oh their cycles. That's definitely not <laughs> yeah, that, the last. That's the last conversation you have. That's what you want to think. You're like, you're like, hey, go impregnate some women, right? Have have fun. <laughs> Talk to you later. Your sperm are strong now. Godspeed. <laughs> oh Thanks for sending those daily uh, morning reaction pics. Anyway, follow us at House Unfiltered Pod <laughs> oh on Instagram. Uh, keep those awesome questions of the week coming, especially if it's questions regarding this. Um, you know, hopefully that there's uh, hopefully there's a lot of women that and and male and men that listen to it and we're like, oh, wow, I never knew this. So um, ask us questions so we can kind of uh, answer those in later episodes. Uh, rate us, share us, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and like Brooke said, if there's one you're going to share, <laughs> make it mine. But if there's a second one, uh, <laughs> definitely this one. This one's a good one. So at at your uh, very um... – <laughs> sorry, I just – uh, said a joke in my head, but uh, a <laughs> very conservative and you know Christian food table or dinner table. Just bring this up, bring this up in the middle of a bloody steak that your dad's eating, uh, and be like, "So I learned something the other day." Uh, and I think that's really how we how we create change and create a better world for for everyone. That's so, how we create change. Um, <laughs> that's how we create change. Yeah. Wow, bro, oh, that was man. a very great motivational speech. Yes, you are this so is how we welcome. 
<laughs> but until then, we will see you uh, next time. And I'm looking forward to to that second episode to, to learn more. So um, peace out, everyone. Brooke, do you want to lead us out? Cue that motherfucking music. <laughs> Boom. Bye, <laughs> y'all. Peace out. <laughs>